Listen. I want you to go through. I want to teleport you as soon as possible, right now. I feel incredible. Ronnie, I hardly need to sleep anymore, and I feel wonderful. It's like a drug, but a perfectly pure and benign drug. The power, I feel surging inside me, and I want to be able to wear you out. We'll be the perfect couple, the dynamic duo. Come on, right now. No, hey, wait. Don't give me that born-again teleportation rap. I told you I'm scared to do it. What do I have to say? I'm not going to do it. You're a fucking drag, you know that? Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. No, not you. You're too chicken shit to be a member of the Dynamic Duo Club. Okay, then great. I'll find somebody else. Somebody who can keep up with me. Seth, you have to listen to me. You're afraid to dive into the plasma pool, aren't you? You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? I bet you think that you woke me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond society's sick, gray fear of the flesh. Drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. See what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh. A deep, penetrating dive into the plasma pool. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we discuss the movie that explores the love between a man and his fly. It stars the magnificent Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, and was directed by David Cronenberg. It's 1986's The Fly. But first, he's the drunk arm wrestling bar guy number one to my drunk bar guy number two. It's James. How are you doing, James? Wait, we could be drunk during this? I usually am. Well, you know what? I think Rob might be perpetually drunk. (laughs) And he's the bearded Maserati driving weirdo. Speaking of Rob, it's Rob. How are you? Uh, Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily good form when you laugh at your own jokes while you're reading them. You know what? You should have said you like this is why this is why it's podcast soil at this. It's just podcast dirt. It's not it's not even a precious metal like aluminum or tin or even like copper. It's a fucking podcast dirt at this point. You should have said, I'm drunk right now. You should have you should have said I'm drunk because we just talked about being you're perpetually drunk. You missed it. You missed it, Rob. You missed it. Well, here's the problem. Since I'm drunk, I'm a little slow. As opposed to when you're not drunk? Right. Again, perpetually drunk. (laughs) See? There it is. All right. You know what? I'll accept it. I'll accept it. You have moved up uh, Podcast Copper. Congratulations. All right, Rob. What news you got? All right. So, um, unfortunately... Uh, Sid Mead died uh, this past week at the age of 86. So that's kind of unfortunate. Why don't you uh, remind us who Sid Mead is? Oh. I was going to say, who the fuck is that? Uh, so he is a legendary sci-fi artist. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's, 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 can we define legendary? Because I had no idea who this guy is. Um. So he probably is, know him through his work rather than his name. Right. Yeah. So um, he gave he gave uh, visionary um, qualities to movies such as Blade Runner, Tron, Star Trek, the motion picture, Aliens and Elysium. Um, All of those movies suck. FYI. Well, uh, you know, that's just f- incorrect, but OK. Wait, 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 wait. Which uh, out of those movies, and I know you're gonna say fucking Blade Runner. Out of oh, those movies, which ones don't like suck? That. All of them. Aliens. A- Aliens might be the only acceptable answer. Tron. Even that, I'm just like, eh. Tron is fucking. Tron shit. was good. Blade Runner Terrible. was good. Aliens was good. Elysium was bordering it, on good. It was flirting with good. <laughs> it saw good, <laughs> and it was almost there. <laughs> It did, but turned around like, uh, there's good. I'm going to go the opposite direction now. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. 
Right. Anyway, so he was good with the, he was a concept artist and that kind of fun stuff. He also worked um, as a designer for Ford and Phillips for a number of years. So, so there you that go. One. So you know him by his work, not by his name. It's Mostly, sad when anybody yeah. passes, but I, it, yeah. it's especially sad that somebody passed that did work on shitty movies. Yes. Moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So this next news article, I've got to get a shout out to Imperial Moonwalker um, because he found me an article about time travel. Oh, God wait, damn wait, wait, it. Wait, Josh. Wait, okay, look. God damn. This is what I'm going to say, and, and I mean this with all sincerity. Uh, if you are a listener, like, thank you so much for listening. We we all three appreciate keep, it. Keep bringing but the news. Keep bringing the news. fucking giving this time travel news. Asshole fucking time travel. Did you stop it. it? You stop it right now? It's I don't my sustenance. Nope, that's it keeps it. me I'm, going at during the day. <laughs> Stop it. There's an order. This is why Rob thinks he is saddest. He is not saddest. He is not close <laughs> our, to saddest. Our listeners like, tend to disagree with you, James. <laughs> God damn it, Star-Lord. Mm. I mean, just, just today he said, I need my own podcast. Um, no, which that we, was, we that, have that figured out. That was not out. Star-Lord. Oh, that, that was, wasn't Star-Lord. That was SP. That's right. Yeah, that was SP. SP yeah. said you need Stargate. your own podcast, yeah, and I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get yourself one right now. No, no you're going to be my co-host, man. <laughs> Doorknobs and doorbells. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either, but it sounded like a good show until he brought in screen doors. That, Is that, it going to be on the HGTV network? No. DIY. No. DIY. <laughs> That's the HGTV. True. It's like True. the B movie. That's like the saddest of do-it-yourself <laughs> networks. <laughs> Perfect. That's podcast called right there, Rob. Like you should just analyze this conversation and go, I had nothing to do with it. How did they do it? Oh, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so time travel. Yeah. Astrophysicist uh, says he knows how to build a time machine. Um, and some people are saying, hey, you're an idiot. Uh, so that's cool. Basically, it involves a uh, theory of special relativity if you go really fast, um, you could fly around space near the speed of light and then eventually just come back to Earth and it'll be like five minutes for you and 10 years for Earth. So, hey, there's some time travel for you. Which is actual, um, you know, evidence proof. I mean, we right, have right, geosynchronous right. Uh, GPS satellites that have to be time corrected because they're moving faster than we are. And so relatively, relativity uh, affects them. But right. this article does something a little bit different. Correct. So then it says that, hey, we could also go back in time using um, lasers. And so I call bullshit. Why not? Yeah, how does that use, work? I don't know, but it works, apparently. Through uh, spirals in space-time. Yes, yes, space spirals. Space-time um, spirals. So, yes, space-time, I'm sorry, space-time spirals. So we're going to... Um, Harness the power of Star Fox and do barrel rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, apparently he did some sort of prototype to show this, and it's so-so. Uh, um, the only caveat right now is you could only go back as far as the time that the machine has been turned on. So we're basically right back to, um, what was that shit-ass movie we watched? Um, um, 11-22-63. Uh, yeah, primer. Wait, is that the one where the one guy did That's everything? He refrigerator wrote it, directed box. It, yes. Yeah. Did the did yeah. the soundtrack? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Where That's it was, him. It was. Yeah. Yep. That one. Seth in, something like, or other. Or Josh something or other. Uh, you guys should go check it out. It's really good. Bob it, it left a it left an impression in our minds, as you can tell. It <laughs> <laughs> was a terrible movie. Yeah. So I got one more. One more. One more. And this is Baby Yoda related. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. My kid loves that fucking song. It's in my head. Great. Excellent. You're welcome. No. I was waiting no. for you to finish it. Yeah, me too. No. Um, if, so if you finish it, the, the, the it, Baby Yoda might appear. And, and that's a bad thing? He might eat your face. It's like an evil version of Baby Yoda. He's got evil the, he's Baby got the Yoda. goatee. Evil Baby Yoda. He's got the goatee like Spock. Evil Spock. 
Nice. <laughs> That's how you can tell the difference between evil Baby Yoda and nice Baby Yoda. He doesn't sip tea. He <laughs> sips tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's Jason. like it's like, like Beetlejuice. You, you you finish the Baby Yoda song and evil Baby Yoda appears <laughs> and awesome. eats your face. It eats your face for its tasty, tasty tears. <laughs> like the whole face just for your fucking tears i don't know why, why that's a thing but it is because he's evil baby yoda yeah sorry if, if it wasn't for the goatee he'd just coo and maybe force choke you for a minute until he realized you were good i don't know how it works well well none of us do anyway so there's a theory out there that uh, baby yoda and darth vader are somewhat connected um what? this theory listen listen so we have established that baby yoda is 50 years old right Yep. That's established in the in the show. Yep. Uh, what is also established is that uh, the series is set in 9 ABY. That's after Battle of Yavin. Yep. Um, Did you have to look that up? No, shut up. I know my Star Wars. <laughs> okay. So if Baby Yoda is 50 years old, he was born in 41 BBY. Okay. Right. Um, Phantom Menace was set in 32 BBY. Okay. Which means that as at the time that uh, Baby Yoda, or I'm sorry, that Phantom Menace was being happening, um, Baby Yoda was nine years old. Okay. Anakin Skywalker was nine years old. So the theory is that Palpatine, young Anakin Skywalker adopted Baby Yoda. Uh, n- sure, no, <laughs> shut up, Crowley. Um, the theory is is that uh, 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 Palpatine, you know, ha- did the had whole sex with a female Yoda. Ha- did a whole uh, that was a entirely different show that we can't. Cover. Baby Yoda is the granddaughter of Palpatine. <laughs> Are you done? Baby Yoda is Yoda Skywalker. Just fucking making up last names as we go. Spoilers. Anyway, yeah, right. So. Uh, it's going to show up in episode two, <laughs> season two of the thing. Um, so the idea is that, you know, Palpatine uh, uh, willed Anakin or whatever, you know, that's that's a theory. So uh, or he was a convergence in the force, but he was the bad side and Yoda is the good side. They were both created at the same time and boom. So they're connected that way. So because the force has a will of its own. <laughs> And wants to balance itself out or something like that. Yeah. Anytime somebody says the force has a will of its own, you should just immediately in post-production put in the wah, wah sound effect. I should. Yeah. And and so because Palpatine supposedly immaculately created Anakin, the force immaculately created Baby Yoda. Well, yeah. Why not? It makes as much sense as half the other Star Wars bullshit that we get fed. Yep. Ray is a Skywalker. Sounds good. Okay. How about a pod crawl? Let's do that. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Ronnie, a freelance journalist, is attending the biggest and most boring meeting of the minds and talking with socially awkward but charming scientist, Seth Brundle. He invites her to his place to show her a super-secret experiment he's working on, and she takes the bait. He has her take him to an abandoned warehouse, and since she's obviously never seen how a serial killer movie starts, she heads upstairs with him. It turns out he didn't invite her up to wear her skin after all, but show her his new sock teleporting technology and make her a cup of coffee. She is impressed and wants to write an article, but he somehow missed all the clues that she was a journalist and objects. Ronnie sees the crazed look in his eyes and bails. The next day, she talks with her editor, Stathis, who doesn't buy her story. But it turns out Stathis, as the name would indicate, is a douchey ex-boyfriend when he welcomes himself into her apartment to shower and refuses to give back the key. Ronnie talks with Brundle and decides to follow his teleportation exploits and write a book documenting the process. She asks the question, what if you teleported a baboon? His answer, I have invented a machine that turns things inside out. 
Not seeing a market for irrevocably swapping the inside and outside bits, he experiments on some ribeye and then does a little bit of light coding to make an actual beta version Star Trek teleporter. Excited by the progress, they ruin a great cut by frying it and then have celebratory sex. Ronnie runs off to confront her ex-douche who threatened her with running the article he didn't want to run in the first place, and, in a night of binge drinking, Brundle puts it together that they were a couple. Just like guns and liquor, science and liquor seem like a good idea in the moment but end up having horrible long-lasting repercussions. Brundle, in a drunken haze, loads up the teleporter to test it on himself since the second baboon he sent through seems fine and still baboon-like. He jumps in, but a fly who always dreamed of being a scientist hitches a ride as well, and when they are teleported, they are joined at the hip, genetically speaking. Brundle starts getting weird, even for Brundle. He's still a horned dog, but he's also suddenly a gymnast, has an insatiable need for sugar, and starts to get the face of a 10-year meth head. Brundle wants to share his newfound energetic life with his new girlfriend, but when Ronnie refuses to be disintegrated and reintegrated, he heads out to look for some strange. He finds a hooker look-alike to bring home, who Sharon stones six years before Basic Instinct, but she doesn't want to share in his reintegration story as well and pieces out. Meanwhile, Brundle continues going through the change, getting hot flashes, growing hairs in odd places, and literally climbing the walls. Concerned, Robbie consults Stathis Douchebag III on what to do, who then proceeds to make tasteless jokes at exactly the wrong time. Brundle starts putting two and two together and figures out something is wrong. A little investigation reveals that he copulated with a fly via science and they are now a whole new thing. Ronnie also learns that she's got a bun full of maggots in the oven and understandably freaks the fuck out. At this point, Brundle looks like an abomination from hell, face fucked to cling on, and Ronnie still has feelings for it, but heads for a late night abortion after Cronenberg got a good look at her mommy parts in a nightmare. Brundle interrupts the procedure by kidnapping Ronnie, and Stathis sacks up, grabs a shotgun and heads to the loft to do a little fly swatting. He looks all around, but doesn't look up, which is where you look when you hunt for flies, and Brundle gets the drop on him. Literally, Brundle is so upset by Stathis' aggressive nature that he vomits on Douchey's hand, which dissolves it. Then he pukes on his leg, which removes his foot. Stathis passes out, and Brundle wants to bring the entire family together forever, so he shoves Ronnie into his new machine which will merge mommy, daddy and baby into one unholy abomination of a fly person, all praise the great Cthulhu. Stathis wakes up as Brundle is trapped in his pod and shoots the machine which disables Ronnie's side. Brundle steps out when the machine fires off and he, along with half of the pod he was in, emerged and transported into the receptacle pod. The door opens and the melding of man and machine does not yield a T-100 as was foretold in prophecy, but a miasma of human fly and metal. Ronnie blows what's left of Brundle's head off, and roll the most abrupt ending to a movie ever credits. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> yeah, it was just she fires and the end. It explodes. <laughs> okay, so I, I I have like a thing here, right? His name's Brundle, right? With Brundle, a B. Yeah. Okay. Because Grundle <laughs> like, is very close <laughs> to Brundle. That's all I could think about through the whole fucking movie. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Grundle is, it's basically uh, a it's on a man. It's it's taint. That little area right between, you know, his balls and his asshole. Because, you know, it's it taint his ass and it taint his balls. It's a taint. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thanks for the anatomy and This lesson. moment has been brought to you by Taint Off. <laughs> I, you know what? You should have said something like uh, gold bond medicated powder. I'm sorry. We don't want to Because you want to keep sponsors. it dry down there. You don't Look, man, you got to keep it dry down there. Like, if you're a guy, like, if you're a young guy... That's the best advice I can give you. Keep it dry. Moving on. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We're already way off the fucking rails. <laughs> All right. So classic movie. Um, there's some. Okay. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. You don't think so? I mean, there's there no. are things that we still say to this day that came from this movie. Such as like, don't watch this. No, such as be afraid, be this very afraid. Oh god, damn! <sighs> Fine. I was wondering when I saw that. I was like, wait, did that come from this? Yeah, movie? Yeah, that came from, from this the- movie. Because I'll be honest, like spoiler alert: this is the first time I've watched this movie. Really nice. Yeah, not good. It's not a good movie. It is I'm a like- good movie. You like it because you've got a fucking heart on for Jeff no, Goldblum. No, 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 and he had no, his no. Fucking shirt off the whole time. Well, yeah, I mean, that was awesome. 
But <laughs> beyond that, just the, the just the premise of the movie itself is classic sci-fi. It came from a, a 50s book. And this is basically a remake of the movie that was based off of that book back in the 50s. I think the book came out in 57. The movie came out in 58. Uh, this came out close to 30 years later. But classic, classic sci-fi story. The script was tight. I mean, there weren't gaping holes everywhere like in a lot of the sci-fi movies that we've seen lately. Um, the, the special effects still hold up. I mean, you can definitely tell they're animatronic and they're they're somewhat dated, but I mean, it's still fucking gross. It is. This is the typical yeah, no, 80s I, gross. Yeah, for sure. Like I, there were times where I'm like, why am I fucking watching this? Like I would just look down on my phone and like start playing a game because I'm like, I don't want to see the grossness. It's just disgusting. Uh, and But at the end when she blows his head off, that was the least gross thing in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like looking for like fly guts to fucking go everywhere. And it was it basically, it looked fake as fuck. It didn't look nearly as good as I thought they could have made it look. But even, even for the time, even for the computer screen graphics, I mean, those were, those were pretty tight. Cause if you think about, <laughs> if you think about, well, this was what? 86. Yeah, it was 86. Okay. Well, We've moved past Pong at this point. We were getting into, we're very close to the 8-bit generation. Uh, we were in the 8-bit generation at this point. Well, well, there you go. Like, so we're past but these Pong were These were beyond 8-bit graphics. I mean, there was oh my God. there was no pixelation on this, some of the, the 3D. I don't know if it was computer graphics that they used as the as the actual computer graphics on, in the movie or if uh, it was uh, some sort of animation that they, they drew but it looked really good. I mean, compare this to a movie that came out two years before, which was The Terminator. And it had some computer graphics in it, especially the, the T-100 view that you get, the, the kind of red imaged view with some, some computer graphics on that. This was better. This was clearer. I thought it was kind of an art, a neat artistic choice, the old kind of mainframe terminal machine that he was using uh, to interface with. Yeah, that did. But did they have did they weird. have did they have voice recognition then? Not only did they have voice recognition then they had whisper recognition. <laughs> Maybe that was his password. I mean if it's just re- if it's just a voice password, couldn't you make it whatever you want? So maybe it's I don't know how you'd make that same sound every time, but I don't know if they had, I mean, they may have had some rudimentary voice recognition back then, but I I don't think it was as robust as what the movie portrayed. The only other movie that I can think of that actually used voice recognition like that around this time was sneakers. And I can't remember when that movie came out. Sneakers came out way after 86 sneakers was in the nineties. Sneakers. No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm no. Here it is. Oh yeah, ninety-two. <laughs> hey, Jason, who was wrong and who was right? I said I couldn't remember. No, no, no. You kept saying no. <laughs> yeah, you kept going no. I like how you're. Okay, thing, I disagreed you're... with you, but then I looked it up, mm, and now I know. No. And knowing's yeah. half the battle. Yo, G. Joe. I. Joe. Ninety-two. That movie seemed. <laughs> Will hero. That movie was dated for 92. But Dude, that you know movie why? Was There's dated a story behind 1991. that. There's a story behind why that movie's dated. Let's hear I'd the story. Talk about that. <laughs> take us down this, this story. Uh, I'll, I'll, take you down, I'll take you down the War Games rabbit hole. It's actually because War Games Sneakers was a, supposed to be a sequel to War Games, the one with Broderick. A young mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, but it, yep, no, yep. he couldn't get it made, mm-hmm. and so he finally was finally able to do so in mm-hmm. uh, 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 ninety-two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the story. That's it. That's it's not. I don't remember all of it. There's a big article out there somewhere you can find it. I don't fucking remember. Huh. That uh, that was kind of a letdown. That kind of was. Yeah. It it, it really yeah he built it, it up. Really really then... was. Did you know who? Like, here's one. Did you know who was supposed to play John McClane in Die Hard? Bruce Willis. 
Nah, no. No, he was the, the one the supposed one. to play it. He was the only There one. may have been others considered, but... Old Blue Eyes. Frank Sinatra? Yep. Sinatra was supposed to be John McClane. In fact, uh, Die Hard was... They were trying to get Die Hard made since the 60s to do to be a... I think that it was like, uh, so it was based on a book. Die Hard is. It's based on a book uh, that was a sequel to another book. Uh, but I get, all got rewritten. Like, it's a great thing on Netflix that talks about old movies and like it's uh, the movies we remember or something like that. And it does Ghostbusters and it does Die Hard and it gives you the whole backstory and it's hilarious. I cannot so, yeah, see Frank Sinatra in that role. Well, it was too late. They they had been trying to get this movie made since uh, the late sixties, and he was at this point he was way too old to play the character. Yeah, but even in the sixties, I can't imagine. I can't imagine Die Hard in the sixties. <laughs> no, it was a completely different movie. They went to the author and they're like, "Yeah, we want to option this, but we want something different. We want a building to blow up, like the top of a building to blow up." I, if I'm remembering the the the, the documentary right. Like that was the whole thing. He had to write the entire story around, like rewrite it around the top of a building blowing up. Interesting. And so it took quite a while to, to do that. Still uh, a much better story than fucking talking about the fly. Yeah, no, I so, don't agree. So how, what's the time frame of this movie? What do you mean? What's, what's the, the time frame? The fly. Like 86. Like, oh my God. How long did these things happen? Uh, like it's weeks. probably a couple weeks. <laughs> I don't think it's very long. So he couldn't. So, okay. So, so Gina Davis turns from a journalist to a lover in like what, two days? Look, uh, man, yeah. first girls are easy. Uh, that's true. I mean, they, and she's dealing technically... with Jeff Goldblum. So <laughs> he must've been off his you? game if it took two days. Earth girl. Okay, look for yeah. those of you who missed it, like like Jason just did. Earth girls are easy. It's a callback to a movie that also starred Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, there mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. So, and at this point in time, weren't they uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand also starred Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum? That sounds like a terrible movie as well. So far, these two should shouldn't do movies anymore. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think this. I think Earth Girls Are Easy is probably the last movie they did together. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! That was that came after the fly. Yeah. The fuck was, is wrong with Hollywood producers? It was shot before the fly, though. Was it? I think that's when what did we Jeff had Goldblum get? Yeah, when was, did Jeff Goldblum get famous? Like, I don't know why. I, I like him as an actor. I think he's. I think he's actually pretty funny, uh, and he doesn't mean to be sometimes. <laughs> Like, so this is the first thing that struck me about this movie when the movie started. The dialogue was so terrible. I couldn't figure out at first if this was supposed to be like a comedy or what, because it was just so bad. Like, he's like, oh, I got motion sickness. And she's like, shall I slow down for you? <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck wrote this? Like a fucking pretentious 13-year-old boy? <sighs> Whoever wrote this obviously has relationship issues. Like, obviously. Well, like so was, one of the producers was Mel Brooks, so that should kind of tell you something. Well, right? he it? produced the movie, but he didn't like have an actual, you know, hand in writing it. Actually, David Cronenberg rewrote the script, um, but he he gave Interesting script enough, credit to the he original was the script gynecologist. Writer. Yes, he played he cameoed as the gynecologist, but he he gave he gave writing credit to the original script producer because he basically just used the foundation of the original script and rewrote uh, the characters, their names, and some of the, the stuff that happened in there. So David Cronenberg rewrote the script. Hmm. Um, Jeff Goldblum came into his peak around the late 70s, early 80s. So why did he do Earth Girls Are Easy? Did everyone think that was going to be a great movie? Because I'll be honest, when I watched that performance of Jeff Goldblum in Earth Girls Are Easy, I thought to myself, there's a fresh actor. There's an actor who's not sure what scripts he should take and which scripts he should turn down. This should have been one that he turned down. <laughs> and then we let's fast forward to The Fly, and I thought to myself, there's a fresh actor. 
there's an actor who doesn't know what scripts he should turn down and which ones he should take. He should have turned this one down. Now let's fast forward to Jurassic Park. No, I'm joking. I like Jurassic Park. I, yeah, I, I that's like a really Jeff good movie. movie. There's so a fresh So he did act, Invasion man. of the Body Snatchers in 78. Uh, he did The Big Chill in 90, or I'm sorry, 83. Uh, the Right Stuff in 83. Those were both big movies. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That's a pretty good movie. Uh, he did Silverado. So that's uh, another Kevin Klein, Jeff Goldblum hookup. Uh, and then he goes Transylvania 65,000, The Fly. Um, I've never seen Beyond Therapy or Vibes. And then Earth Girls are easy. Wait, wait. So, Vibes sounds like something that might be on Rob's computer. Oh, I'm sure it is. Oh, it's got Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum. The tagline is put your hands on our hands and feel the vibes. <laughs> this definitely sounds like something that's on Rob's computer. I think it is. <laughs> Rob's looking it up right now. Uh, he's looking for it. He's, he's like, do I have that one? Like, there I is no like porn the vibes parody. One through nine. Yeah, there is no <laughs> porn parody of the vibes of vibes. It's just vibes. And then he had some stuff that was uh, a little. Yeah, he didn't. He kind of went into a lull, the late '80s, early '90s, until Jurassic Park. I, I like I like him as an actor. I really do. I think he's a great actor. I think he's he's funny. Even sometimes when he doesn't mean to be, his delivery is unique. Uh, it, it, what so when the first time he put in his the the like the voice activation for the the thing, did you notice when it played it back, it did the quintessential Jeff Goldblum thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, he put it then, in as a uh, uh, Seth Grundle. Seth Grundle. Yeah. Seth Grundle. And then it just repeated it back. Uh, I mean Seth Brundle. Grundle. I mean Brundle, not Grundle. God damn it. Now you got me saying Grundle. <laughs> nice. I got it. Oh, you need to put that in the show notes as Seth Grundle. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> but, I mean, he does play the, uh, he, he plays the character well if he's playing this kind of absent-minded scientific type genius person. Because anybody who didn't realize that he was, uh, that she was a journalist in the beginning, uh, had to have been just either number one, just looking for a piece of ass or number two, so deep within his own thoughts that he was only hearing about every other word, not really paying attention. <laughs> I thought that they were going to be husband wife and it was like a, I a role, role playing thing. I thought they were like out and about at dinner or whatever, this fancy party. And it was like this role playing thing. And then I was like, Oh no, this, that was, the dialogue. Holy shit. This is terrible. Like, it just was not a good, it, it ended or it started very awkward and it ended very awkward. Like there wasn't a lot of exposition to begin with, like to kind of catch you up. Yeah. Who this guy is until like the middle of the movie where, where her boyfriend, her stalker boyfriend, who turns out to be the fucking hero. Yeah. Uh, is like, uh, Hey, this guy was like a, he like a Nobel peace prize or whatever. The winner runner up. The guy's a genius. Uh, this was all at 20 and now how old is he? And you're all fucking him. This is bullshit. But so like, there's this like three minutes of he's a super genius. Cause you don't get that. Like, I'll just be honest. There's not really a whole lot that you get from Jeff Goldblum other than my shirts off. Well, and even, even and what he horny. says in the beginning, like 15 minutes of the movie where he says, no, I didn't invent all this stuff. I just kind of had other people invent it. And then I put it all together. Right. But he's a super genius. Right. They, they should have led with that. Like there should have been, I feel like the movie should have started like with a, a, a pan into whatever area they were at uh, or whatever arena or whatever venue is the word I was searching for that I couldn't find in my brain uh, venue that said, you know, welcome super scientists of the world <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Just so you know that, oh, he's at a convention for scientists. He must be a scientist. He must, he is there for a dinner a reason. party. Right. It felt like it was just a dinner party and this couple was role playing so they could go home and, and try to spice up their uh, boring sex life. Well, they did that later. No, but they didn't have a sex life. That's not what it was. It was just he's a horny fuck. Well, no, they, they spiced up his the sex Here's life. Here's what later. I got. He, Let's he talk about that. Shot a fly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that they, you want to rename this movie. It should have just been Spanish Fly. Oh, that's that's another movie. 
Right. I think that's also in Rob's, uh, Rob's collection. library. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that for a second because there's a lot of sex, right? Like there's a lot of sex and I don't get it. Do flies, like I'm not a, I, I, I'm not a. Dude, uh, they don't have a lot of time. On this earth, right? <laughs> is that it? So <laughs> he, was, my take on it is he was trying to procreate. I feel yeah. Maybe. Once once he had been genetically fused, I think he had that that kind of instinctual urge to yeah maybe. spread his seed. But it would have made sugar. more sense if it was a bunny, because you don't hear fuck like flies. You hear fuck like bunnies. Well, because have you seen what happens after flies fuck? Have it's you seen what happens after everywhere. bunnies fuck? No, I don't usually everywhere. watch don't. flies or bunnies fuck. So, I mean, is that part of Rob's library? Did he share that with you? I did. It's called <laughs> Fuck Bunnies Down Under. <laughs> that sounds like Back an door. actual porn title. <laughs> Backdoor Fuck Bunnies 5. God damn. <laughs> We're going back to Earth Girls are easy, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I just... I, I'm trying to figure out what's a better movie, Earth Girls Are Easy or The Fly. I don't know which one I hate less. Well, what do I mean, you hate has, about The Fly? I, the dialogue. I feel, like the, I feel like the dialogue the whole way through is forced. I feel like the story isn't fleshed out as much as it needs to be. Well, it's I a simple I, story. I mean, it's not I, really complex. No, but like, there's no... They should have... Like I said, it starts awkward and it ends awkward. I think everything in the middle is okay. Yeah, I'll give story you. Story-wise, it's it's, it's but, very abrupt in the beginning and the end. It's, it's clunky, and that makes the whole movie feel clunky, especially when you pair it with the dialogue. Like, I like that it stayed away from like scientific mumbo jumbo, like the like tech speak was jargon bullshit that they just made up. Um, the the whole the I like that the the like the big twist in the movie is that the he didn't or that the fly didn't fuse to him. But that he fused into the fly, so the fly is the main host. He's not the main host. The fly is the main host. I I, I like that. Uh, so he's basically the parasite from from uh, from the fusion in the in the thing. I like that. Uh, the special effects for the time, like you said, are are fantastic. They're great. I didn't care for the music. I thought the music is very dated. Number one. Yeah, uh, the music's to, okay, but I mean, it's nothing. That's to be special. expected. Yeah, it's nothing, it, it, and it didn't, it didn't enhance or detract from the movie for me. I kind of think the whole pregnancy thing's kind of forced, and it would have been better for them to go with, like he's jealous because that's what it started with, right? That's how this yeah. whole thing started. Yeah, was yeah, he yeah, was yeah. jealous, and he realized they were in a relationship, and oh my god, she was sleeping with her boss. What the fuck? Right. Is she still sleeping with her boss? Am I just being used? Is this a con? Yeah, and so then, then the, the basic instincts take over and or the right. baser instincts take over of the fly and he's all like, Ah, no, you're mine. Yeah. I feel like the yeah. I feel like the the whole pregnancy thing is just forced because for it doesn't make sense for flies. It doesn't Oil make alert. No, I think There's the pregnancy sense or pregnancy twist was actually really good because at the time neither of them knew and they're fucking like bunnies or whatever. And so, yeah, what nice. are the repercussions of her getting pregnant? And there were actually some cut scenes that involve her pregnancy. They, they had the, the nightmare scene where she gave birth to a maggot. But then they also had another scene where she gave birth to this butterfly child. So that was a, that was a cut scene that, you know, may have explained a little bit more of the psychology behind having a, man fly hybrid baby i guess i i don't it feels this is what i said and i, I watched this movie by myself this morning <laughs> I, like when they did that when they went to the whole pregnancy thing i went no this is sick this is twisted who would think of this who would think oh my god she's pregnant like let's make that a thing and let's make her you know afraid she's gonna give birth to you know fucking damien like <laughs> Damien. It, I just don't get, I just don't get it. I get, it felt really gross. It felt really weird. And I don't know if that was intentional. Like, I feel like they were trying to be a drama and a horror movie at the same time. And it just kind of, the horror part fell flat for me. Well, I think this whole there movie no is intended. 
Yeah, there was horror. I think this whole movie wow. was intended to make the audience com- uncomfortable. I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole point of a lot of horror movies is to make the audience uncomfortable. But it made me uncomfortable in a way where I wasn't scared and I wasn't even grossed out. I was I was revolted. I was a little grossed out with the um, Well, it's a response with the the uh, vomit at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> just kind of like right on the hand. I mean, I don't like those kinds of donuts either, but I typically don't barf all over them. Are those wait, were, were those the donuts that don't have any like there's no powdered sugar? They're, yeah, no, they're yeah, just, they're just, just the cake. regular just plain, plain donuts. cake donuts that you know those they're dry sweet, as fuck. But yeah, they're dry as fuck. They're a little sweet. Well, there but they you go. Suck. He was they're dry as fuck. He's trying to moisten them up a little bit. That's you would have to. The, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that. It was fucking gross. That's what's wrong yeah, with it. it. <laughs> Here's what I wanted to see. I was like, go full horror movie. Like, just put your acid spit on his face. That's what I so want to see. I want to see his face. There was melt. a cut scene where his his fly self was uh, digging in the trash for food, and this homeless woman comes up, and he, like, spews his or vomits into her face and then starts eating her. Yeah, I, I was waiting for that. I don't, the other twist in the movies, they made the bad guy the good guy by the end of the movie, right? So the stalker, yeah. the creepy stalker guy is now the guy who's going to save her. Yeah, that was kind of a confusing character. I mean, he was definitely not a, a great character. He was really off-putting just from his well, mannerisms. Yeah, and- he start like I said, like he's stalker, right? But then he turns into this caring and compassionate Guy, because she's got nowhere else to turn he to. He was so just she turns weird. To yeah, her stalker. What? Yeah. Fucking why? He was just weird. Get, yeah. I have in my notes that he uh, tells inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times. Dot dot dot. Just like Rob. Yeah, uh, except um, I wouldn't have been reported to HR <laughs> like he should have been. Well, this is well, the this 80s. Is 80s, yeah. That's nobody true. ever reported HR. It was a glorious time. Glorious time. Well, when I guess it depends on who you were. When men were men and they could do what they wanted. I don't know. It was terrible. Don't sexually harass people. Like, I'm not condoning that in any way, shape, or form. Don't fucking write letters. God damn it. Rob's <laughs> got a porn stash on a whole separate hard drive. So write letters to him. Hard drives. <laughs> drives? It's like a whole separate computer. It's like 30 or 40 terabytes. <laughs> Good Christ. Oh, in the procedure room where they were going to do her maggot abortion. Yes. <laughs> the maggot yeah. abortion. So I was looking at the I, medical equipment and going, and all I could hear was McCoy in, in Star Trek 4 going, what is this, the Dark Ages? <laughs> <laughs> right. At first I was like, wait, wait, wait. She can't just go to Planned Parenthood and get a fucking... Like these things are a dime a dozen anymore. And even in '86, like it wasn't like it was hard to get an abortion, right? And what uh, what is what does the middle of the night have to do with anything, right? So I'm like, what? Just get a hanger. Oh my uh, god! Oh god! It's a maggot. We're a butterfly baby, depending on the cut. So what's the matter? Oh my god! What? You just <laughs> stick it up there and swirl it around a little no, bit? Fucking no! I've never done it, Rob. Fuck! You probably got a movie on it. Just watch that. Jesus Christ. Isn't that what they used to do in like the 30s before it was like legal and shit? They'd go like just in the back alley and get a hanger. Well, and- up until the 70s when it oh, finally yeah. went into the Supreme Court and was deemed unconstitutional to ban abortions. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But that's how people died was because of backroom abortions have- like that. Well, I mean, if she wanted it out of her, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know how anything works down there for a woman. I don't get it. I don't understand the whole process. Like maybe Rob needs to send me some movies. I don't get it. Uh, uh, which one do you want? Yeah, not Backdoor Bunnies 5. Uh, that one comes out next month. All right, thanks. I want to complain that we didn't see Gina Davis's boobs. We saw we some saw side boob. boob. Side, side boob, boob is it. not boobs. All right, I want to be very clear on this. Side boob is not boobs. I'm sure Rob has a movie about that. <laughs> What about like, side boob? No, about Gina Davis's boobs. Um, 
She was no. such a handsome woman. <laughs> handsome woman. That's a, that's a, that's an actual. That's that. Okay. Uh, she's still very attractive. She's on Glow, uh, second season of Glow, on Netflix. Is that the roller derby? Yeah, roller show? derby. That's it. The, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Jesus Christ, where were you in the eighties? You never watched Glow? No, I've never seen the Glow. WWF. Hey, that was a quick search for you, James. Oh, did you did you put something in the Discord? Oh, you did. That looks photoshopped to fuck. Like that looks like a terrible Photoshop job. Uh, fine. <laughs> I expect better from you, Rob. I expect better. From put some you. effort into it, man. All right here's 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 the list. What the what, hell? There's a list of less. Of her, oh, less Photoshop. Same image. There you go. Yeah, that doesn't look Photoshop. Like I, okay. All right, I guess. All right, I'm all right with that. That works. Thanks, Rob. So make sure you put those in the show notes. Yeah, no, those aren't going in the show notes. <laughs> Your personal library photos are not going in the show notes. <laughs> Rob's like, hey, what can I do to get us sued this week? Mm-hmm. I think that's what he plots every week. I think it is. He does. He does his haiku. He does the news, and he's like, how can I get us sued? What can I do to get us some cease and desists? I don't have enough letters from lawyers this week. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a little light. <laughs> I'm wallpapering my office. <laughs> All right. So final thoughts. Watch something else. You're Anything else. Watch something else. Don't watch. Don't watch the uh, uh, the Last Jedi. But anything, literally any so, other movie we've ever reviewed, go watch that. How do you teach a computer to desire flesh? To desire flesh? That's to what he talked flesh. about. Oh, no, that's to understand, understand flesh. the desire of flesh, yes. No, not the desire of flesh, just to understand flesh. I don't think How? it had anything to do with want, although maybe it did because this whole movie's about fucking. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot and, of, and a lot of fucking the, in this movie. Um, uh, the, the primordial... No, the the plasma. The plasma plasma pool, yes. Penetrating flesh deeply into the plasma pool. Did you write that down? I did. Was it, it, see, like I felt like this movie when he said that, you're such a fucking drag. I'm like, what is fucking the 60s? Who the fuck calls anybody a drag anymore? um, (laughs) That's actually from a a poem uh, by Alexander Bishop. And uh, let me see if I what can the find do you the like, poem. Do you like <laughs> analyze every single line in movies? <laughs> in re- Sometimes like, oh, things pop up. Poem. I mean, I recognize shit and then I look it up to verify that what I'm thinking about is correct. And yeah. Lots of things popped up in this movie. Um, yeah. yeah. For Jason. Yeah. Cause he yeah. saw, he saw a uh, naked Jeff Goldblum. I did. He saw Several Jeff times. Goldblum, yeah. Jeff Goldblum yeah. ass. Um, he saw topless Jeff Goldblum. He saw fly Jeff Goldblum. Oh, God damn it. I totally forgot about his ass. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. When he was going after the hooker. I'm sorry. Not the hooker. No, she wasn't a hooker. She was. She, she just hooker. looked she like was a the hooker. Bar, she was the <clears throat> bar fly. Bar fly. <laughs> Did nobody get uh, that? Rim shot. Yeah. No, but that's what she was. She was yeah, a bar yeah, fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, that should have been the credit, Barfly, but I'm guessing nobody wanted to do puns in in the '80s either. So, did you like this movie, Rob? Um, in, eh, eh. I, I will say, um, <laughs> this isn't the this isn't the first time. You I've know, seen Rob. It. Lately, um, you have been a little non-committal on some of your opinions. You, eh. It's kind of middle so. Of the world. Eh. So this this. This movie freaked me out when I was a kid. My my dad watched it, uh, and I happened to come in at about the time that he was almost fly-like and uh, was barfing on people, um, and it kind of freaked me out as a little kid. I mean, when was this? When was this made? Eighty six. Eighty uh, six. So, yeah, I was like four or five. When this I was, came, I when was my 10. dad watched it. So yeah, and I've said on. 
I've said on other podcasts out there that we used to rent uh, VCR before my dad went and bought one. But this was one of the, when we bought one, this was one of the first movies that he rented uh, from a little convenience store right up the road when nice. we no longer had to drive to the other side of town to rent, to rent movies. And I wanted to watch it really bad. And my parents were like, no, absolutely not. You cannot watch this. And ever since then, I literally, anytime it was on TV or whatever, I'm like, I have no desire to watch this anyway. It looks stupid at this point. Well, now you know. <laughs> that I was right. It is stupid. I mean, it's not <sighs> terrible, I guess. It's not Metropolis level of awful. It's not The Last Jedi level of awful. It's not episode two level of awful. Uh, but it, it, there are some great elements to it. But for me, it's just a, a lot of things feel forced and the dialogue's awful. <laughs> so I'd rather watch something else than this. Right. All right. So what he says is kind of a play off of uh, part two of an essay on criticism by Alexander Pope. Um, the couplet is, a little learning is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the Pyrian spring. Yeah, because that has plasma in it at, well, he's, and all he, that kind of stuff. He replaced Pyrian with plasma because he's dealing with, you know, future sci-fi shit. Mm. Like I said, it's a play oh, on you, part yeah, two of an no, essay. No, I knew that. When he was saying the plasma, I knew that. I thought I was talking about that you're such a fucking drag. I thought that was like the poem you were looking up. Oh, no, 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 no. I already knew the other one was from a poem. I'm like, what poem is you're such a fucking drag from? No, I was talking the the plasma, plasma spring. Yeah. Well, I get that now. How did Rob not get that? Because Rob, Dorm uncultured swine. Yeah. The only Dorm. the only poetry Rob is exposed to is in porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not very deep. <laughs> so it's like well, hickory dickory well, no. dock. It, um, your uh, toe looks like a cock. Oh, no. Wait. Have you never listened to Andrew Dice Clay? Do you know who Andrew Dice Clay oh, is? Oh, for fuck's sake. He's a millennial. He's He sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you, Rob. I hate you so much. You ever heard of a movie called Ford Fairlane? Ford Fairlane, no. Jesus Christ. My God. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. <laughs> What's next in our show? Well, what I want to know is, James, is this movie more sci-fi than 112263? Well, let's just uh, do a little comparison here, all right? So we've got uh, a maggot baby. Uh, we... <laughs> We have we have teleportation a la Star Trek in giant black uh, fucking recycle cans. Eggs. Eggs. Oh, they look like recycle canisters, like the Ducati cylinder one. covers. Sure, whatever. The giant Ducati cylinder covers. Uh, you've got, you've got computers that um, are dated at this point, but still miles ahead of anything in the other show. Uh, and you've got a guy who turns into a fly. Uh, unfortunately, yes, the fly more sci-fi than eleven twenty two sixty three, which has nothing to do with anything that's sci-fi. <laughs> yes, it does. Excellent. Oh God! All right, Rob, you got a haiku for us? So. I know this is only the uh, second one I've done, but I wanted to change it up a little bit. Is that it? This no, is no. only the second one you've done? Yeah, this is only the second one I've done. I wanted Feels to change like this one. More. Yeah, I know, right? I wanted to change this up a little bit, and I think, uh, seeing as this is the fly, um, that this would only be appropriate if read by Jason. What? So, so Jason, I am going to post in Discord uh, oh, the haiku. Man. And I need you to read it. And don't stop. Just read it. Oh, God. You ready? Yep. Go. Brundlefly looks hot. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> More. No, no, hold on. You need no, you to missed, read the yeah, title. Read the, the title. title. <laughs> I 
hate you. Jeff Goldblum, a love letter. <laughs> Brundlefly looks hot. Move over, G. <laughs> Davis. <laughs> My manhole awaits. Yes. This is the greatest haiku in the history of haikus. Oh man! I just want to change it just a little bit because I think it, I think it, uh, uh, it'll flow better. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, a love letter from Jason. Grundlefly <laughs> looks yeah, well, hot. No, yeah. Grundlefly, not Brundlefly. Grundlefly looks hot. Move over, Gina Davis. My manhole awaits. Yeah, no, that is that is yeah. definitely. Yeah, Grundle Grundlefly works much so, better there. Now, now you know how I had uh, how I had the last two lines already taken care of without seeing the movie. <laughs> in fact, <sighs> I had I had the last line the minute we found out we were doing something with Jeff Goldblum. I immediately wrote down something. I put something about Jason's manhole, <laughs> and then I worked it out later. I'm gonna be honest, Rob. That's fucking podcast gold. Might even You're be welcome. podcast platinum. Yeah. I don't fuck me. I, this is a glorious haiku. This haiku needs to be spread everywhere, far and wide. Uh, and and we need Jason. Uh, Record it, like record, like put that, that you need to put that out as a sample. You reading it, Jason. I'm just telling you, like that should be the, this should be the name of the fucking episode. Jeff Goldblum, a love letter from Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the final Rob's haiku. <laughs> I'm done with haikus. Who's <laughs> got awards? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Rob, who's got your black lung? Um, because I know what, uh, what James chose. I'm going to go with Gina Davis smoking, uh, some cigarettes. Okay. James. That's who I was going to go. <laughs> what? Dude. Dude. Douchebag, uh, McLovin grabbed a <laughs> cigar. I don't. <laughs> douchebag McLovin? Holy shit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's a second podcast platinum today for you, Rob. Like don't fucking, I look. Not to bring up time travel, but this is the first one we're recording this year. Like, let's not blow our load right off the bat, Rob. Let's try to spread out this. No, I didn't. Like, I, why would I give a stalker an award? Because he had a stogie? No, he's uh, getting the player award. What? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So my black lung is going to go to Ronnie as well. Not only because she smoked cigarettes, but she had those huge fucking 80s tr ashtrays. Like she had one that took yep. up the length of her fucking coffee table. <laughs> and then she had one the size of a fucking like 14 inch skillet on her uh, kitchen uh, table. And they were both half full of cigarette butts. So they'd either been filming that scene for a while or they did some excellent kind of, you know, behind the scenes. We're just going to put some cigarettes butts in here to look like they've been used. <laughs> no, the, the, all the, all the, uh, Stage hands and everything. Like that. Crew. Hey, right. when you get done, crew. Yeah. Put one in there. Right. Yeah. James, who has your head lush? Uh, my head lush goes to anybody who makes it through this movie without puking, because the only way you're going to do it is if you're drunk. <laughs> Rob? Uh, mine goes to uh, Brundle uh, for being drunk on power slash sugar. Okay. Can you get drunk on sugar? I, I don't know. I'm not a fly man. Man fly. fly man, man hole. No, that's what? Jane. That's Jason. <laughs> All right. My head lush is going to go to Brundle, but uh, just because he did the liquor and science thing. So got drunk, did some science, turned into man fly. Okay. Rob, who's got your player? Uh, let's see. I gave it to Goldblum because um, he looked ugly as sin, but was still able to get the girl up until the very end. And it still hasn't changed Jason's opinion. <laughs> Jason, I, I just, you know what? I am now picturing Jason in the role of Gina Davis. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's what I am picturing, him crying at the end of the movie and blowing off the fly's head and being so upset that he has had to kill Jeff Goldblum. Well, are you also picturing me giving birth to a giant maggot? I sure am now, not. and I want to puke. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Who's got your player? Douche, douche McLovin? Is that his name? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Douchebag yeah, douche McLovin. McLovin. Yeah. Douchebag McLovin, yeah. That guy. 
because because he was stalking Gina Davis and at the end Gina Davis like you know now that that you know Jeff Goldblum is dead oh she's going she'll be, back yeah going back like whether him. or not he's got an ankle or a hand stubby and all yeah all right my player award's going to go to Brundle cuz uh not only did he get the reporter to come up to his loft without much effort but a barfly uh, he also got a bar flag. Haha, <laughs> get it? Bar fly. I up said that earlier. His... Where the fuck were you? I don't know. He was looking up a poem. <laughs> he was, that's right. He was looking up a poem. <laughs> a bar Christ. fly into his apartment looking like a meth head. So yeah, he gets my blotchy player. And blotchy and uh, flaking off like shit. Yeah, that was not a good look for him. No. But you still love him. I do. I do. James, who's got your purple hippo? Who wrote this fucking travesty of a movie? David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg gets my Purple Hippo Award. It's just bad. Rob? Um, I'm going to give it to whoever decided that you can teach a computer about flesh. <laughs> okay. Also, probably David Cronenberg. Uh, sure. So my Purple Hippo is going to be a shared Purple Hippo. It's going to go to not only Baboon Number 1 for... <laughs> experiencing getting inside out. inside out. Oh my god. Uh but Brundle as well for getting to experience the joys of transforming into the human fly. Gross. Okay. It is gross. So gross. All right, so uh we're going to do something a little different for the next couple weeks on our next movie pick. It's going to be host choice because we've got another couple episodes before uh, we start digging into the Picard series, which releases on January 23rd. And our first episode on the Picard series will be released the week after. So this week. Please look forward to it because I am. Oh, I yeah. am hyped. I am super hyped, hyped to, to discuss Picard as it releases. So looking forward to that. I just want to see seven of nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got that on your hard drive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this week, James is going to pick our next movie that we'll review. Uh, James. Oh, great. What do you got in store for us? Uh, well, next week we'll be, re uh, we'll be uh, talking about okay. the movie. You need yeah, to start over. I've already fucked it up. Yeah. Right. Start so over. next week okay. we'll be talking about uh, the movie where Private Joe Bowers, the definition of an average American, is selected by the Pentagon to be a guinea pig for the top-secret hibernation program. Forgotten, he awakens five centuries in the future, and he discovers a society so incredibly dumbed down that he's easily <laughs> the most intelligent person alive in what is sure to be Rob's fucking autobiography. It is 2006's Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yes. <laughs> 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 never seen it. Oh my You've god! You've never seen this movie. It is so good. It, <laughs> it is, should be it fun. Is, I, it is going to. It is the. Um, it is the uh, fucking autobiography of America. It just hasn't been written yet. I swear to Christ. <laughs> okay. Love this movie. This movie is so good. It stars. Uh, it's written by. Uh, written and directed by Mike Judge. Uh, stars Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, Dax Shepard. Uh, Two thousand six Idiocracy. I it's, love this. Okay. Sounds like a sounds like a good one. Oh, it is! It is fucking hilarious. Oh, so, so good! Not going to be so as good, good as mine. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. Surprise me, Rob. Oh, surprise me! You will be surprised. It'll be a surprise. You'll like next this week. There's fucking time travel in this movie. Oh, dude, I'm I'm sold. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> uh, where can I get it? Amazon, Blockbuster, Blockbuster. No. I can get it on Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster. Go to Blockbuster. Sweet. Go to your local Blockbuster and grab it. To your right. local Blockbuster in what, Oregon? Oregon has the I only think, other I Blockbuster think, left. Yeah, I think that's the like, last <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Captain Marvel fell through that one. Right. <laughs> it's worth the drive, Rob. From okay. Texas, it's worth the drive. Sweet. All right, well, thanks for joining us. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix My Bichette. Still if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You yes. can leave us feedback on our Discord channel, which is linked on our website at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, on Twitter at Citus underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash status underscore podcast. And always remember something. I don't know. Anyways, for this week, I'm Jason. <laughs> oh my God.
always remember something. <laughs> that's, you know, um, that's, that's how I'm ending the show. Just yeah. end it awkwardly. Just end the show awkwardly like to fly. Always remember something. Always remember what? Uh, we'll talk to you next typhoid. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>